You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Many pleasures to be here with you today. Many pleasures? What the fuck's that? Alicia here. That's me. And uh, I'm so excited about today's episode because it has been almost a year in the making. I shit you not, said in absolute Australian terms. If you're new to the show, I swear a lot. That's okay because a lot of studies, air quotes, have said that people that swear are intelligent. I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to go with it. And I also respect the studies that say that red wine is very good with you, as is chocolate. And avocado on toast will not prevent us from purchasing homes in the future. As you may or may not know, I have authored two books, The Bride Chiller Survival Guide and The Bride Chiller Field Guide, which I am deeply, deeply proud of because my husband Rich and I produced the books in-house. We figured out how to get them printed overseas and shipped and learned about customs and all the slightly nightmarish things that publishers do. We did ourselves and it's been a hit. If you go to the Bride Chiller store, bridechillerstore.com, you will see a fuck ton of five-star reviews, which just float my boat. And a couple of months ago, like 12 months ago, I said, I'm going to write a bridesmaid book. And this came from listening to your feedback. The bridal party in general, wow, gee whiz, there have been, I just went through the Bride Chiller community, the Facebook group, and there have literally been hundreds, if not thousands of posts with the word bridesmaid in it, especially. Questions about friendship, about the jobs and tasks that you should allocate to your bridal party, how much you should spend on them, how much they should spend on you, what are the timings of when you should ask someone to be your bridesmaid, how to unbridesmaid someone, fucking hell, that's a big talking point, how to be mindful of their budget, different body shapes. It's a huge, huge topic and so many people find it confusing and I totally see why because like the whole wedding industry industrial complex that we're surrounded by as soon as we get engaged with all the questions and opinions and people sort of saying, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, you should buy this. The world of the bridal party, it's a brave new world, my friends, and it can really get complicated quickly with feelings of obligation and drunk promises. Oh my God, I am the queen of drunk promises. You put a couple of Chardonnays, actually, I don't fucking like Chardonnay. You put a couple of Sauvignon Blancs, Rieslings or Rosés in my hand, in my body, and I'm very generous and It's not that I don't want to promise these things, but often I get generous and I'm like, why did you say that? And I know that a lot of times asking someone or promising someone that they'll be in your bridal party can happen after a couple of extra wines and you're feeling the love and you wake up and you go, I don't want her to be in my bridal party at all. So considering everything I've just said, I sat down and I went through the community. I asked a lot of questions as I was writing because I wanted to create a book that has never been created before because it's my unique thing. Why are you talking like that? I wanted to create a guide in the same vein, in the same vision as the Bride Chiller Survival Guide, which is really a book that you can refer back to throughout your wedding planning 
and not just be told the same old shit over and over again that a lot of the other books say, look at me dissing my competition unintentionally, but intentionally. I wanted to produce a guide that was helpful to you and to your friends, something that wasn't full of, hey, so being a bridesmaid, this is how you, that sort of stuff. I wanted to give you information and guidance and to empower you to spread the bride chiller love to the rest of the people in your life. It's just like the fuck it bucket. I've had so many messages with people saying, I have taken the fuck it bucket from the wedding world and I've just put it into my everyday life, which I love hearing because Rich and I talk about all the things that we're putting in the fuck it bucket in our workplaces, in our general relationship life. It's great. It's an expandable theory that has worked very well for us and uh, it seems to be the extended bride chiller community. So I really thought, how can I extend the concept of bride chiller into the bridal party and help you really be able to share that message with your crew and stop some of these silly uh, communication breakdowns, fights, these sort of problems I look at and go, oh my gosh, if you had just extended the chiller into your bridal party, things would be fine. So I have been working really hard to make this happen and I have a copy. That's me knocking on the book. It, that means nothing to you. I have a copy that's here in my hot little hand that our printer sent to me. And this week, which is Black Friday week, a very significant week, we are launching pre-orders for the Bride Chiller Maid Chiller Manual. It's called the Maid Chiller Manual, not the Bride Chiller Maid Chiller Manual. Get your shit together. So I am really excited. So today I wanted to share some of my best tips and also just cover some of the most popular, most relevant questions and pain points and try and solve some of these pain points. So whether you have chosen your bridal party and you're already deep in the thick of it or whether you are newly engaged and you haven't asked your people yet or you're trying to figure out who to ask or if you are considering not having a bridal party at all that's great got some very interesting comments to share with you actually. I put a post out recently on the Bride Chiller community asking people if they have chosen to go bridal party free and there've been some fucking fantastic responses. I don't need to swear, I just felt like it. So what's the difference between a bridesmaid and a maid chiller? I would say just really it starts with the idea that a maid chiller is like a chilled out bridesmaid that isn't phased by dress dramas or people ghosting other people on WhatsApp or these stupid inane power struggles that can happen between friendship groups, which I'm going to cover today. I'm going to talk about that. I would consider maid chillers this sort of like elite group of friends who are also now suddenly bloody event planners and counsellors and uh, <laughs> concierges who really want to help their bestie, help their bride chiller, hopefully you and your groom chiller. I'm going to talk about groomsmen as well. I just think they're a little bit slightly different. I'll get to that. But they're really there to support you and help you get all the shit in order and not lose your marbles. I am I'm a maid chiller. I am like a virtual maid chiller to you. It's like me incarnated. That's creepy. Now I say groomsmen are different because I really, and I've, I have talked about this in previous episodes, but let me just recap real quickly for you. The idea that groomsmen, they just sort of 
show up at a bachelor party. Someone organizes it, usually the best man and another bloke probably. But they do the bachelor party and then someone most likely organizes a suit high for them. Now, I'm not talking about men like they're complete buffoons. It's not my prerogative in this. But the concept of a bridesmaid and a groomsman, like fucking many things in our current society, there are different levels and expectations on women than there are on men. And it frustrates me because I don't think that there are a lot of groomsmen. And please, correct me if I'm wrong. If you are having a different experience get in touch. I want to hear from you. But I don't think there are groups of groomsmen in WhatsApp groups worried about the tone of how another groomsman is communicating in that group and worried about if they're better friends than their other friend or how many different additional wedding activities they're going to have to organize besides a bachelor or stag do. It just seems that bridesmaids as a as a collective have had a lot of extra shit piled on their plate excuse the french when they are planning bridesmaids are the ones that seem to take on a lot of extra jobs whereas groomsmen it's a lot more low key and i think the pressure is off they just the 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 general media expectation surrounding men and weddings is something that I'm really trying to change and really trying to alter the idea that it's the ladies' day and it's most important to us and we should get really emotionally involved about it and the guys just don't care because they just want to talk about what spirits they're going to be serving and maybe they can book the DJ. I really hate that stuff. But I do believe at the moment there is an imbalance with the expectations placed upon groomsmen and bridesmaids. Again, that's not for everyone, but I'd say for the majority that's the way it rolls. Something I'm particularly proud of and something Rich actually, because he, my husband Rich, did a lot of work on this book with me. He does a lot of the design and has read it 50 million times, as have I. And the one thing he said the other night to me when we were talking about the book is how, well, look, between you and I, I find a lot of people very annoying. I find a lot of people grating on my soul. And I've got lots of lovely friends, but I don't tolerate fools. But I'm very good at smiling and pretending to tolerate them. It's like an acting exercise. And Richard said that my low tolerance for dickheads has really been transposed into the book. And I say that by trying to connect with bridesmaids and maid chillers on the level that... Now, just don't get angry with me here, but a lot of the times bridal parties are made up of people that don't necessarily connect in real life. It's a George Costanza. This is a 25-year-old Seinfeld reference, by the way. George Costanza, worlds collide phenomenon. It could be that you went to university with one gal or guy, and then you went to school with another, and another one's a workmate, another one's someone you grew up with, and you are bringing them all together. Now, they they are connected mostly for the fact that they love you and know you. And so you're bringing this group of people together. And in that situation, not everyone has to like each other or enjoy each other's company. But I really believe that they should behave because like everyone else involved in the wedding, they're there because they want you to have a fantastic time. They want to celebrate you finding your fellow weirdo and being in love and comfortable and cozy and smushy and that should be their driving force of participating that they're happy for you 
but it can be really fucking hard when people just shit you to tears. So part of the Made Chiller Manual and part of what I'd love to really connect with you today about is the idea that your job as a bride chiller or a groom chiller is to gather the people that really matter to you. And their job is to hopefully connect with those other people. And if not, at least get with them in, on some level and overlook potential dramas or other things that don't quite gel with each other and just get it done and have a nice time, hopefully. Now, some listening would say, Alicia, that's a very negative Debbie Downer outlook on how the world works. And yes, you you may be right, but I know talking and especially hearing the conversations in the bride chiller community and especially over the last four years of making this show, I know that a lot of people feel the same way I do and that a lot of bridesmaids in particular feel quite daunted by the idea of being in this new group or even being in a group of established friends and then working with this bizarre situation that arises when you put people together where they sometimes try and vie off in a very medieval style way to prove that they're a better friend or they know the friend more than you or you've got a secret special name that you give each other and we're not going to tell you where it comes from because it's a special secret and you're like for the love of god we're adults Ooh. Where did that come from? So my goal for this book was to really lay out all of the possible expectations of being a bridesmaid. And I mean expectations like all the stuff you might have to organize, but then also really communicate about communication, about figuring out some of the underlying issues that may happen and how to stop them from happening. And again, not being Debbie Downer just working off the experience that I have and providing you with solutions and options to make sure that your experience as a bride chiller and their experience as a maid chiller is so kick-ass and great and you avoid all these stupid little road bumps that can come along when people don't communicate correctly and that really comes from you telling them what you want and what you need more importantly. So for example some bride chillers say look I don't want a party or I'd like to organize my own pre-wedding parties or I want to be involved in that. Great. Tell your bridesmaids that or how the fuck will they know what's going on? Other bride chillers say, I would really like my bridesmaids to wear shoes that I select for them. Awesome. Then you need to communicate that to them and why that's important to you. Most problems come from the assumption of information and then... <laughs> When you assume that someone has information that they don't and they get confused and wonder why you're not messaging them back or you're being a bit standoffish or the information has been given to someone else to then be passed on but it's been slightly skewed and they don't get it. It's all about being clear and knowing how you should communicate in a way that they're going to understand and that they feel comfortable asking questions and feeling open enough with you to say, that doesn't really work for me or I'm not going to be able to make it to an event or I can't help organize this because I'm really stressed at work. Just basically that they they feel comfortable and you feel comfortable in talking about it before it escalates into something it doesn't need to be. So 
What does a maid chiller actually do? This is where it all comes down to. You can ask someone to be your bridesmaid, your maid chiller or your groomsman, and you can create a fancy box and you can do a card and do whatever you want, give them the maid chiller manual. But does that say what I actually want you to do? What does being a bridesmaid mean? Does it mean wearing the same dress and turning up on the day? Does it mean giving them lots of different jobs and tasks of organizing parties? What does it mean to you? So that's my first tip is to say, before you ask anyone, maybe go and think about what they mean to you as people emotionally, but also what a bridal party actually what benefit does it bring you? Maybe you just want them to turn up on the day and stand there and be gorgeous and look fabulous. Or maybe you do want them to come to wedding dress shopping appointments. Maybe you want them to be there and to have comments on feedback on every time you go and shop for a dress. Or maybe you don't give a shit about that. Um, but it's really important that they help you, I don't know, do the table guest list thing. <laughs> table guest list thing. I'm a professional. Either way, before you ask, I would encourage you to just think about the purpose of the bridal party and your expectations of their participation. Because if you know and you can communicate it, oh my God, 98% of the shit that goes down in the bridechiller community with people going, I don't know why she's angry at me, or she just won't get involved. I don't think that would happen if there was a clear plan from the get-go. After the break, I'm going to break down, use break twice in that sentence. What a shame, break. After the break, I'm going to, uh, I can't think of another word, break down some of the key points, the key gigs, the jobs, things that bridesmaids and groomsmen can do to help you, and also ways to make sure that they are on the same page as you, especially when it comes to cash. This is where a lot of shit hits the fan when people don't realize how expensive it can be participating in someone else's wedding. I think we've all been there. I think it's gone up a lot over the last sort of 10 or 15 years. It's become a real commitment. So how to be mindful of other people's finances. And also a big topic that is made chiller attire. Oh boy, people really get in a flap about what people are wearing and especially shoes. Shoes are so stressful and I don't know why. More of the Bride Chiller podcast after this. In the Made Chiller Manual, I have a big list of questions to ask your Bride Chiller. So the idea, just like in the survival guide, when you gift this book to your bridesmaids, they can read it learn and then come back to you and ask all of the questions. So they might say, here's some of the questions. Does the bride chiller want to have a bachelorette party? Simple question. Your answer might be, fuck no. Or yes, but I don't want any penises there. Maybe here's another thing. Who is going to organize what? Does the bride chiller, that's you. I'm just talking in third party because it just makes more sense. Does the bride chiller have specific tasks that she would like specific people to do? Or can we figure that out ourselves? Who selects the date of events? Will the group be paying for the bride chiller or will she cover her own expenses? 
who decides who's going to the bachelorette party or the hen's party? Who is the decision maker? And also, there's etiquette attached to some of these questions. For example, I feel quite strongly that you shouldn't invite people to bachelorette and hen's parties that aren't invited to the wedding. I just feel like it's like, hey, come to the party beforehand, but you can't come to the big party. You didn't get a big party invitation, but come to the party beforehand and get me a present. It just doesn't sit as well with me. You may feel different, differently. It's fine. I'll accept it. I'm not an expert of everything. Just some things. I want to return a little bit quickly to the idea of worlds collide and bringing people together and giving them tasks and making everyone feel important. And just a quick personal anecdote from me. I've been in a couple of weddings and I know from my personal experience, my individual experience and also observations of other bridesmaids within the bridal parties that I've been in, is that everyone involved were at very different stages of their lives. I had just been through a cancelled wedding at one of the weddings that I was at. I had just cancelled my own wedding and it was pretty challenging to be a part of another wedding celebration. I was fucking stoked for my friend, but I found it like, whoa, okay, this was going to be me and it's not. Get over it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, friends, go back to episode one and I quickly talk about this this story. I was I was engaged before. It didn't work out, but then I met a better guy, the king of the guys, Rich, and I married him and it's all fine and now we're doing the Bride Chiller podcast. However, at that time, it was a real challenge for me to shut that shit down and be happy for my friend. And I did, I think, a pretty good job. And I was very mindful of not projecting any of my misery and sadness and feeling sorry for myselfness on her and any of the other bridesmaids. Was I 100% successful with that? Probably not. But I gave it a red hot go and I really worked hard to not make it misery guts. No one's ever going to marry me. (sighs) At another wedding that I was involved in, as people might know, I'm a freelancer. My day job, I'm a TV producer, which sounds glamorous, not very glamorous. And work comes and goes. So sometimes I can go for two or three weeks without a gig, which sounds like a holiday, but no one's paying you on that holiday. So it can sometimes suck. And when I was a bit younger, didn't make as much money, not that I'm making buckets now, but my wage was lower. And when I was single and living in a share house, I found myself to be oft broke. And being a part of a bridal party where other friends were making a bit more money than me and were quite quickly into the idea that, hey, we're going to go away for a luxury long weekend and we're going to buy a $600 dress and we should all have matching things. And And after a while, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent for the next six weeks. And yes, I'll be thinner because I'm not going to be eating either. To add insult to injury in that situation, I was a bit of an outsider. I was a new friend in that bridal party and I didn't know the other girls. And I found it incredibly stressful to actually have to be honest with them and say, I can't afford that. And that sucks to have to say it. And it feels pretty, you know... Well, it just sucks. It's hard to say, look, I would love to buy the luxury matching robes. Would I? I don't think I would, actually. But to be the only one not wearing the luxury matching robe, just robes feels a little bit like going back to high school. And a lot of these scenarios that I'm talking about come from the expectation that you've got to fit in and you've got to be a part of the group and you've got to participate. And I know 
that if you are a bride chiller and you follow the bride chiller ethos and you connect with my messaging and that of the community, that you don't want your bridesmaids and your bridal party to be feeling left out or insecure or bad about participating in your wedding. That is not, I can would put money on the fact that no one wants anyone to come into the situation feeling like that. And you are all very mindful, caring people. So that's not something that you aim to do, but it can it can happen quickly and a lot of people can bury stuff deep and that's when things can get a bit harrowing and confusing. And And if people don't know each other as well as maybe you know one of the bridesmaids or you know all of them, but they don't they don't have that communication and that history. It can be really hard to then get them to be honest, and that's why people ghost or don't participate in fucking WhatsApp groups or you know have meltdowns or bitch about each other because it probably comes from a place of insecurity, fear, fucking hating one of the other ones which is natural, it's fine, it's life, we don't have to love everyone, or feeling like they're going through something in their lives and perhaps they're struggling with your happiness and the happiness of those around them, which again is perfectly normal and fine. It's just how they relate and how they communicate that. Perhaps you've got a team leader friend who you know would be a great person to just keep everyone in check. And by keeping everyone in check, I don't mean just bossing them the fuck around. I just mean someone that's organized, someone that's good with the spreadsheet, someone that knows how to make a Facebook group perhaps to communicate and will be able to just make things work when it comes to organizing events, especially if you are doing multiple events or you want people to be at places at certain times. And I think it's important to allocate that team leader. And that might not necessarily be your maid of honor. It could just be another bride. It could just be another bridesmaid. Like they're not important. They're all equal, by the way. They're all just pe- we're all just people. We're all humans. Let's stop with the hierarchy. But if you do have someone that's particularly organized and you think they would do a cracking job, then allocate, allocate, allocate. Clothes, clothing, what to wear and how to dress them, who pays for what, how it all works can be very complicated. So much so I had to speak in that weird voice. Now, side note, I know we have a lot of listeners in Australia and the UK and our rules are a little different to that of the United States. Different countries have different traditions as to who pays for what. I don't want to get into the money stage here because I really think depending on where you live, we've got different rules and traditions or whatever. Now, I say bust those rules if you want to bust them. I haven't got a problem with that. But I want to talk more about the concept of choice and how in recently it's been really interesting actually in the past few years about mismatched bridal attire, about having gents come in and be in your, having a mixed gendered wedding party, which I freaking adore. I got married in 2012 and I had a best man. So I was ahead of the game, guys. I was really ahead of the game. But the idea that we have really evolved past just dressing everyone up in the same dress, which is still fine. Do whatever you like. I mean, this is not judging your choices. This is just me giving you information. But the concept of being able to mismatch or choosing a texture and saying, this is the, this is the texture, this is the clothing material, and we're going to make a dress or a fucking tutu or whatever you want to wear, or this is the color scheme 
we're going to do patterned dresses or skirts or something that's going to match or complement each other. There are a lot of different options. And to me, that's exciting because it can work with budget. You can give your bridal party a sense of choice, even if you're making the overall decision. And also, it treats your bridal party like they're individual humans, which is something I'm very passionate about because you love that person because they are a unique special butterfly and you've chosen them because you fucking dig them I hope jeez I hope so if not before the end of the show I promise to touch on choosing bridesmaids you don't like but you have chosen your bridesmaids because they are an individual person so you know very fast forward you probably heard this a million times but the concept of bridesmaids came from Roman times when they were into witchy poos and they thought that demons would come and shit on the bride or not shit or not physically defecate on the bride but the idea that they would come and steal the bride or put evil spirits in the bride make her possessed so they dressed everyone alike so the demons who seemed like really dumb 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 dumbs would come along and go oh god they all look the same i don't know oh i can't be bothered i'm out i can't be bothered that's where the concept of bridesmaids originated ye olde times and we're certainly not in that stage now and the only spirits that are going to infect any bridesmaids probably are tequila and vodka I don't know so I think that's evolved now and of course like all the traditions that we follow in weddings not all 90% of traditions have no real connection to actual real life they're just things we do and we replicate over and over again because everyone else does them and as a society and as a species we seem quite obsessed with the replication of those from the past as with most decisions I think it's a personal decision from you and you only to say okay I'm going to make the decision to either buy all of the bridesmaids dresses and I will decide what people are going to wear or I will I will go shopping and I will make the selection and then everyone else will buy it again not talking about money more about choice or to say this is the style of dress I would like bridesmaids here here are four options let's all talk amongst ourselves be careful or here's the color that I really like go and buy your own dress just match roughly this color or wear your own dress, make a decision yourself. As long as you affirm with what you want and you present this decision to your people, then hopefully they will respect and and go with you on this decision. Now, of course, there are lots of cases in the Bride Chiller community where people have said, my sister only wants to wear pants. She wants to wear a jumpsuit and everyone else has been happy with my choice. Now, Of course, there is always going to be someone that wants to come and stir the pot a little bit. That's probably a separate conversation, especially if it's a relative who feels like they can push your buttons. But also, sometimes it's good to just take that person aside and say, what's your problem? What is it about you wearing this skirt or this dress or what is it about it? You don't have to be antagonistic. That was a bit antagonistic. But you could say, can we talk about your your problems problem sounds antagonistic can we talk about your feelings towards not wearing a skirt and just on this particular day I'd really appreciate if you could wear a skirt it would really mean a lot to me if you could wear a skirt there are very easy bride chiller methods to getting your own way with this sort of stuff but it's good to confront calmly 
respectfully, of course. As well as empowering your Made Chillers with information, the Made Chiller Manual has, a, it's just like a bucket load of checklists, timelines, um, inspiration for creating a fantastic party, pre-wedding parties that aren't necessarily your standard normal parties, lots of ideas that uh, I have got from you, the Bride Chiller community and the internet and the greater sort of civilization. So lots of ideas there, but also... There is lots of guidance from my point of view that things that I share with you all the time that I want to share with your maid chillers so they can parrot it back and support you. It's actually a really tricky, fun little thing that I've added to the books and that is giving them giving them the main chiller mindset, the bride chiller mindset. So when shit hits the fan, and it probably won't, my friends, but when you might feel that the wed stress is getting a bit much and you might feel overwhelmed or you think that things aren't going as smoothly as they could be, that the maid chillers in your life have read this book and they are ready and they are prepared to come back and just that seems all it was weird, isn't it? If someone came up to you and did that, what would you do? To just calmly give you the support and energy that you need, the positive energy to maintain your chill. I suggested I would quickly touch on this subject of people that maybe have asked people out of obligation to be in their bridal party and now it's sort of uncomfortable and there's this whole thing about bride chillers. Well, not necessarily bride chillers. I'm going to call them brides because it doesn't happen that often in our community. But people going, I'm going to fire her. She doesn't deserve to be my bridesmaid. And it always worries me because I think that, well, I feel like we're beyond that as people to be removing them from, you ask them to be a part of something that's really important to you. And unless they do something really shit, unless they are, I don't know, fucking your husband or wife-to-be or, I mean, that would be bad. Perhaps there wouldn't be a wedding if that was happening. Probably not the best example to use. However, if it would have to be something, I always say, that would have to be very dramatic to quote-unquote remove someone from a bridal party because that decision I feel like is a friendship ender or at least a friendship big dent maker. And I would struggle as a friend if someone had said to me, be a bridesmaid and then don't be a bridesmaid. I would struggle to look at them in the same way. <laughs> Maybe I hold on to things, but I really respect my friendship and take a lot of... um the people I love and and care about, I take a lot of pride in our relationships and I work really hard on them. And I feel like if someone, if that happened, it would be a really substantial, significant Debbie Downer moment that would be hard to come back from. So asking someone that doesn't necessarily connect with you or you feel obligated to participate in your wedding. Some people can just get by with it. Maybe you've got five bridesmaids and they're just one of them and you're like, look, it keeps the peace. I'm happy to have them. I will just deal with it. But I truly think like all aspects of wedding planning that we should ditch obligation from our radar, that we should do things that we want to do. And that actually just means that in all of life as well. You don't have to go out for drinks with that friend that you, friend of a friend that you met who's like, hey, we should definitely meet out for drinks next Tuesday. And you're like, yeah, okay. And then the rest of the week, you're like, I fucking don't want to go and meet Carol. I don't even like her. I've met her twice. Why am I having drinks with her? But we feel obligated because we're good people. So 
I am just encouraging of you to shed some of the obligation. And if that means feeling uncomfortable or making someone else feel slightly uncomfortable because they're not going to be selected to be in your bridal party because deep down you don't really like them or you're not that close with them or there's someone else that you are closer with, then I say deal with that slight sense of uncomfortedness. <laughs> discomfort and you will probably be more thankful down the line when you're not having to work with people that, or look at them on the day and go, well, I don't know why you're here. You should just be a guest. Why are you a bridesmaid? To go back to a point that I made at the top of the show that I really want you to think about, and even if you've already selected your bridesmaids and you are down the line in the process, I still think there's time to be able to go back and have a conversation and really just connect with them about what this role means and it might not mean anything deep and meaningful it might be really significant to you in your life these might be people that have really made a big difference to you and I hope that's the case I hope you surround yourself with people that love you and you've got history with and future with even which is more important a future that you see together and connecting until your old grannies but to me the thing is being a maid chiller and a groomsman, you know, there's a lot of expectations behind party planning and corralling other people and 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 all of those sort of aesthetic things. But ultimately, it's about friendship. And I don't want to get like, <laughs> on you. I've done a lot of weird noises today. I'm sorry to anyone wearing headphones. I'm just in that sort of mood. But what I'm trying to say is it's not about the silly stuff. It's not about, you know friendship battles and alliances and fucking like you're on Survivor or something. It's about having this experience as friends and having this experience as a group and really being able to cherish those memories and enjoy it. It's really just about, you know, saying we've been through a lot together as people and we're hopefully going to go through a lot more in the future. So yeah, this is a six month or 12 month blip this planning of a wedding, this celebration, but there's a lot more of life to go on with. So don't get wrapped up in little things that might affect the relationship. Don't feel that these little stupid fights about fucking bridesmaid shoes or who's organizing what. Don't let this stuff chip away at you and affect things in the future. I know I've gone back to this idea of sounding Debbie Downer about it all, but I just received so many messages and I read so many forums about people letting little things get them down. I think that you may go through periods of stress. They may go through periods of overwhelm by all the process and opinions that are that are probably going to be gathered by being in their bride tribe and the maid chiller tribe. But the whole thing is, it's about being there for each other, being supportive, being mindful, being positive, and just be your fucking best self, you and your maid chiller. That's what it's about. Oi vey. Need a nap now. There it is. That's my third book. You should definitely buy it. <laughs> that was the worst plug ever. If you're listening the week of the Black Friday sales, this is 2018. Maybe you're listening in the future. This deal will not exist then, but you can still buy the book. 
Hopefully it'll be in its sixth or seventh reprint by then. But if you log on on Black Friday this week, we are launching the Made Chiller Manual and you will be able to score yourself a really, really sweet deal. So uh, do go to bridechillerstore.com and check out the Made Chiller Manual. I think it's a perfect addition to your bridesmaid boxes and whatever you are choosing to gift your bridesmaids if you're choosing to gift them anything you don't feel obliged to gift anyone anything we're over gifting in this world however the made chiller manual however she says it's like an infomercial it comes with a beautiful will you be my made chiller card so each book comes with its own gift card so it's a gift all in one all of our books are independently published which means that we fund them we produce them and we produce them at the highest quality possible so we are very proud of it and we are thankful for your your what am i trying to say your support yeah there it is be sensible Alicia. we're very thankful for your support and i love 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 that we have started this movement, the Bride Chiller Movement. So spread the Bride Chiller Movement with your maid chillers. Share the fuck it bucket. For the love of God, share the fuck it bucket. There's a lot of shit that bridesmaids and maid chillers can put in the fuck it bucket. They really don't have to worry about. They just need to relax. FIB all the way. Next week's episode of Bride Chiller is all about speech making. And I have two very special guests on the show, both who are very qualified MCs and speaking professionals. I think you're going to really enjoy that episode. And also, it's one of those episodes that contain a lot of life skills that you can take into other parts of your life. I don't think that a lot of people are very confident with public speaking. Of course, people are, those stats go around that everyone's really scared about standing up and talking in front of crowds. And, and then they say, Alicia, it's easy for you. You've done stand up comedy. You like doing that. And it's like, well, I don't know if I love standing up in front of crowds, but there are certainly ways. Actually, I do really enjoy talking in front of crowds, but there are definitely skills and tips and things that I've implemented in my mindset and the way that I present myself in front of larger audiences that have really helped me be more authentic and natural in front of crowds that I'm going to share with you. So if you are a bride chiller or if you are a groom chiller listening, I would highly encourage you to share this week's episode and also next week's episode with your bridal parties because they're both really relevant to them. And I think a lot of times that the bridal parties are given these tasks of doing speeches. And again, like I talk about in this book, as well as the Bride Chiller Survival Guide, a lot of people aren't given any preparation or guidance as to how the speech should go. So I wanted to share this episode with you because I think it's really relevant and it's a good follow-on from today's ep. Thank you so much again for all your support. Remember, go to bridechillerstore.com to gather your bride chiller books and goods. And also, if you are so kind to leave me a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast, I would just uh, find it orgasmic and wonderful. Gross. Love to you all. Until next week. Happy days. The Bride Chilla Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014. 